we're going to come now and hear from God's word. And so if you have a Bible, would you turn with me to Mark chapter 4? We're going to be reading from verses 1 to 20, continuing in the series in Mark. So if you have a Bible, a device, would you turn with me there? Mark chapter 4, as we hear this famous parable of Jesus, the parable of the sower. And as we read, we remember that this is the word of God. And it says this. And again, he began to teach by the sea and a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside. And the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it scorched and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yield, yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground. And yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty and some a hundred. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. So that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And he said to them, Do you not understand the parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear for it some thirtyfold, some sixty and some a hundred. This is the word of God. Would you keep your Bibles open to that passage that we read from Mark chapter 4, continuing this series through Mark's gospel. And this morning we come to this famous passage. And this passage really in Mark's gospel is very familiar to us if we've been around church for any amount of time. It appears in three of the four Gospels and this parable is a favourite from Sunday school to youth rallies, from harvest services to evangelistic sermons. 
It's like a familiar song on the radio, isn't it? We know the tune. But yet, if you're like me, almost every time it's preached, I come away feeling weighed down. Because the preacher asks a question. He asks, what type of soil are you? Because you need to become the good soil. And they point me to myself. And they show me the thorns all around me. They show me how shallow I can be. They show me the things around in the world that can threaten me and the sin that hinders all my growth. And see, as they show me, I don't feel like the good soil. And so often as I was growing up, because I didn't feel like the good soil, well, I thought I mustn't be the good soil. And nothing that I could do in myself could change that could muster that change and I always came away discouraged and maybe you identify with that experience but as we come back to this passage this morning we need to take another look see while it may be that familiar song that we hear we've gotten the words wrong see in this passage in this parable we've placed the emphasis for our hope in the wrong place we've looked at ourselves We've looked at ourselves to become the good soil and we've become discouraged. Because that's not what Jesus meant when he spoke this parable. The hope is not in ourselves to change. Rather, Jesus spoke this parable to us so that we could have confidence in Jesus and in Jesus's words to bring gospel growth in us. And as we look at Mark's gospel, we have seen already how the kingdom of God is central, how the gospel is also central. It is the heart of Jesus' message. Remember back to chapter 1, verse 15, where Jesus goes out and he proclaims the kingdom of God is at hand. And for all the miracles and the amazing things that Jesus has done up to this point, he has said that his true purpose in coming was to preach the gospel. And last week, we even saw from chapter 3, verse 14, how he appointed 12 disciples to go and preach that same gospel message. You see, the word of God, that's the gospel, is central to Jesus's kingdom message. And now at the beginning of chapter 4, a great multitude has gathered to him by the sea. As Jesus gets into a boat and teaches the crowd on the shore, he tells them this first parable from Mark's account, the parable of the sower. And through this parable and the explanation he gives, Jesus demonstrates that the word of God accomplishes all the purposes of God, bringing about a great kingdom harvest. That is his people. Let me repeat that. This parable teaches us that the word of God accomplishes all of God's purposes bringing about the great kingdom harvest that is his people. And this parable, instead of weighing us down and making us discouraged, should give us confidence in three ways. Firstly, it should give us confidence in the word of God. Secondly, it should give us confidence against the world, the flesh and the devil. And thirdly, it should give us confidence in the coming kingdom harvest. And so first, let's see how this parable gives us confidence in the word of God. 
As Jesus starts this parable, he says in verse 3, if you look with me, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And then in verse 14, we're given the explanation that the sower sows the word. As Jesus gives meaning to this parable, it's interesting that Jesus defines the seed as the word, but he doesn't define who the sower is. That's because the identity of the one who sows can change. In these verses, it's Jesus himself who is sowing. He's speaking to this crowd. He's sowing the word among the crowd who are gathered to him. And as God, Jesus is proclaiming his word, God's word. And later the disciples are going to be the ones who go and who preach, but they don't preach their own word. They're instructed to teach all that Jesus has commanded them. And all that he's taught them. And so they go and so. And now today through the scriptures that we have as the Bible. We have the word of God recorded for us written down. And so when it's opened or when it's spoken it's sowed. Whether it's each Sunday as Jamie or others come to preach. Or parents teaching children in family worship at home the word is being sowed. While the sower may change, the seed, that's the word of God, stays the same. And as with every sower, this sower does not go out, uh, does not go out without hope. The parable shows us that the sower goes out with expectation, expectation of a harvest. Just like any sower, they've not come simply to throw their seed away. The intention is not for all the seed to be picked up by birds or withered by the sun or choked up by thorns. No, the sower goes with the intention and the expectation of what's to come. Likewise, we must ask ourselves this morning, when the word is preached, whether it's a Sunday morning or in our homes with our family or when we read the Bible personally or one-to-one, -one, what is our expectation? This parable tells us that when the seed of God's word is faithfully sown, we can be confident that there will be true growth and a harvest. And that harvest takes place when the seed is sown among the good soil. See, if you're, if you're from a farming background, you'll know well that the implicit part of this statement is the fact that the good soil is the prepared soil. The soil has been ploughed, it's been prepared for the arrival of the seed. And in the same way, we confess that God himself prepares the hearts of those who are his people, the invisible church. Those who God chooses, he prepares so that his word may be sown into their hearts. So that when they hear it, they accept it and they bear fruit. And so we should be confident that the that. God's word works in the people that he has chosen. But yet from this parable, we know that there are other responses than that of the good soil. We're told of three different soils. Soils that ultimately lead to the rejection of the word and to death. Does this mean that the word is not successful? Does this mean that the sowing of the seed is completely wasted? Well, no. Because even in these soils, even in these different grounds, the word of God is still at work. 
To see what it does, we need to hear Jesus's words to the disciples in verse 12. Would you look with me there? Because as Jesus teaches this parable, he says, Seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Here as he speaks to the disciples, Jesus quotes from Isaiah 6, just after the passage that we read as we came into worship this morning. Isaiah was commissioned to go and speak God's word to the people, but God told him that no one was going to hear, no one was going to listen, no one was going to understand. But yet as Isaiah went and preached the word, the people's hearts were hardened. And while the seed may fall on good soil and gain a response leading to a harvest, the same of Isaiah is true for Jesus. That he, as he sows, the seed that falls in the three types of ground that lead to no harvest are still doing God's work. But here the seed works to confirm that the ground is not good soil. These people who hear are not God's chosen people. On the surface, this seems really harsh to us, doesn't it? How could God prepare some soil and not others? But actually, this is good news from a gracious and merciful God that shows that, that should give us confident, confidence in God's word. Because if everyone was able to accept God's word, not ev- and then not everyone did, some people could say that God may not be all-powerful. That there may be a problem with the message. That the power lies with us to accept and not with God to choose us. But God's word is accepted by the people that God chooses. And it's rejected by those who are not God's people. As we go out into the world, that should actually give us confidence. As we seek to share our faith with people around us, it gives us confidence that we can evangelise, trusting that the word of God will work in his people that the response isn't down to us but it's in the person and when we don't keep this in mind we start looking like the world around us because when culture thinks that something isn't working something isn't successful it tries a new thing a shiny thing what it thinks is a better thing and this attitude's crept into many churches see when they don't see people come to faith through preaching the word of God. They decide something different. Maybe different music, maybe a prayer ministry, maybe a different style of preaching, thematic preaching or or different preaching that attracts the emotions. Maybe they focus on different mercy ministries because they think that it will reach people and bring people in and they're not bad of themselves but when they become the centre they're missing the point because they're trying another seed. For these verses tell us that the word of God alone is to be sown to do the work of God, both in opening the hearts of people for gospel growth and also for hardening the hearts against God. As Isaiah 55, 10 to 11 says, For the rain comes down in the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, 
and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And so this parable, the parable of the sower, gives us confidence in the word of God to do the work of God. And so having seen that, having seen that we can have this confidence in the word of God, we can also have confidence against the world, the flesh and the devil. If you look with me at Jesus's explanation of the different soils in verse 15, we see the different soils that keep the seed from growing. We see that for the first seed, Satan snatches the word away. Like a bird before it can take root in people's hearts, it's snatched away. And then for the second soil, we see that although it's received joyfully, it springs up quickly. Um, and then the trials of the world come and the shoots of the growth that were seen are withered away. And then we see that for the third soil, it grew up quickly among thorns of fleshly desire, which just choked the word and the growth. None of these seeds come to harvest. Yet, as we know so well for the Christian, as we are in the good soil, we're still surrounded by these threats. Yet this parable gives us confidence that for those who receive the word of God, who hear it, who accept it and who bear fruit, those who have the word planted deep in us, well, we will endure despite the threats of the world, the flesh and the devil. See, although we fight against our sinful nature, we're no longer held captive by it. But through Jesus Christ, his life, his death, and his resurrection for us, we have been freed to live for him. And see, that is why we're so eager as Christians to continue meeting physically Sunday to Sunday. It's why this online service, as thankful as we are for it, is not a replacement for the real thing. See, as we meet together under the word, it continues to be planted among God's people. We're reminded of God's promises in the middle of the most difficult trials that life can offer. We're shown his glory again, which makes every other thing in the world grow so dim by comparison. And so by God's word planted in us, we're able to be confident that the schemes of the world, the flesh and the devil will not stand in the way of God's work in his people. And this morning you may be sitting here wherever you are, thinking that you're in one of the categories of those soils. You may have heard the gospel week after week, but before it takes root in you, it's just plucked away. Maybe you made a profession years ago. You received the message with joy. You signed a card, put your hand up at a meeting, walked to the front of a meeting. You think that you're signed, sealed, delivered, secured for eternity. But then hard times came. Maybe you were mocked for your faith or illness or different trials came and you haven't grown in your faith in years. In fact, you've withered away. Maybe you're watching this morning and you started Christian life well. You got really interested. You grew up, but you were lured by other things, by money, by wealth, security, relationship. And your faith was choked out like a shoot among thorns. 
See, if that's you this morning, it doesn't have to be your experience. You don't have the strength in yourself to change, to make yourself the good soil. But as the word is preached to you here right now, the seed is being sown again. God's word is being offered to you. It's calling you to repent and to believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's calling you to come this morning. Jesus is calling you to come this morning. Come to him, the one who can plant his gospel word deeply in your heart. So that it will never be snatched away. The one who promises to be with you in the middle of life's hardest trials and tribulations. Because he is the one who was persecuted, who was crucified for us, for our salvation. He's the one who promises that in him, in him is abundant life. That no amount of money or security or relationship could ever replicate. If that's you this morning, send an email or a text to Jamie. Call him. His details are on the order of service. Or make contact with your elder or someone you can trust in the congregation. They would be more than happy to speak and to pray with you. And so as we have seen, the confidence in God's word gives us confidence against the world, the flesh and the devil. But lastly, this parable gives us confidence in the harvest to come. Because if we think about it, sowing is a long-term project, isn't it? You never sow one day and reap the next, but you sow and you wait and you wait and you wait for the harvest to come. Often it seems so long and there are days where you wonder if it will ever come. And sometimes we can be like that with the gospel, can't we? In these days when the world around, around us seems to be rejecting more and more of the Christian life that shapes so much of our culture, we can lose confidence. Then we see a major figure of the faith, a famous preacher, a female a famous, a famous apologist fall away or fall into sin and we can worry that the word may not be able to do the work that Jesus said it would in us. It looks like the kingdom of God is taking a hit in our day. But we can take confidence in what Jesus says to his disciples in verse 20. He says, but these are the ones sown on good ground, the ones who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty and some a hundred. Jesus here is promising a kingdom harvest. In verse 10, he's told the disciples that they, the ones who've been given the word of God, who've been planted deep in them, have been given the secret of the kingdom of God. And Jesus here is promising that the seed sown on good soil will grow and it will spread. And it will not just be like a regular harvest, but a great and incredible harvest. The kingdom harvest beyond anything we could imagine. This points us forward to great hope. A great confidence that for all we see now, for all that we see of the kingdom apparently taking a hit. For figures that we put our trust in seemingly falling away. The gospel is still promising a great kingdom harvest. Jesus' kingdom is coming and it's coming in its fullness. 
all the people who have grown in that good soil will be brought in to that kingdom. This is Christ's promise. It's trustworthy and true. A kingdom harvest is coming and it's certain. And so as we finish this morning, the parable of the sower shouldn't place that weight on our shoulders. It shouldn't make us try and work our way to become the good soil. Yes, we long for the word of God to be planted deep, deep, deep in us. But we can't do that in our own strength. Rather, Jesus' parable is a call to confidence. A call to confidence in the word of God to do the work of God in the people of God. It's a call to confidence that God's people are equipped to stand against those threats of the world, the flesh and the devil. And it gives us confidence that Jesus has promised kingdom harvest is coming. So as God's people this morning, what can we do? We can hear the word of God. We can accept the word of God and we can go and bear fruit. We can grow. And then with God's word, we can go and we can sow. Amen.